0: PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring the iTunes guy himself, Macworld's Kirk McElhern, talking about Apple Music. We'll also hear from none other than Jeff Gamet of the Mac Observer, continuing our discussion of a new Apple feature that will also be available for Android users in just a few months. On the Tech Night Owl Live. So we have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, and some writers say that we emphasize Apple products too much. What about people who have Android smartphones? What about them? Well, occasionally we talk about that too, and when we discuss Apple Music in today's episode, the fact of the matter is that sometime this fall, Apple will release an app for Apple Music, for Android. So how about that? So you'll have a chance, Android users, to give this service a try. Kirk, I know you've been playing with Apple Music for a while, but before we get into the first questions, let's talk about the reviews. So Apple seeded several favorite journalists with an iPhone 6 Plus with Apple Music set up, and they wrote reviews. The general thing I get here is that there are a lot of cool features Very smooth design, but some things like the new section are really, really confusing. What do you think?
1: Okay, let's start off by saying, are we talking about the iOS app or iTunes? Because while they have the same content, the way they display is very different.
0: Um, Let's talk about both. Let's start with OS ten and Windows.
1: Well, the idea of the new section is, curiously, what's new, but it's more than that. One of the first things I wanted to find out when iOS 8.4 came out and, and Apple Music was on it was how do I find music to stream? So there's the for you bit where after you go through these moving bubbles to find artists and genres you like, you get some playlists and albums. There's the new section, which just basically has new stuff. It turns out there's no real button to find something. You have to search. And this is either in the search icon in the top right of the iOS app or the search field in the top right of the iTunes app. New doesn't really show a lot. You can choose a genre, but it's not new recommended for you, so that's the for you section. The problem is the for you section isn't really recommending anything new. So when I set it up, I I put in some artists I like. Now, people who listen to me on this podcast and others who read my website know that I'm a fan of the Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, Brian Eno, things like that. And I put these artists in, and here's some of the for you that's being recommended. Shakira, Madonna, Sheryl Crow, Pink. These aren't things that I really like. And these aren't artists that I picked when I went through. This
0: This is what they think you might like based on your initial profile. Now, understand, first of all, that the startup screen is reminiscent of Beats Music, where you select musical genres first. And I think if you double-click on them, you're saying you love it more than just like it. If you tap it twice, it's not really a double-click. Well, I'm talking about max. Okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, because
1: I I, I did this on my iPhone first.
0: Fine. The equivalent. When I say click, it's tap. on. Or if you're using a touchpad, it's tap. In any case, then you select several artists. And from that, it builds a profile. I guess as you play music, it figures out more. And I'll give you an example of that. I set up Apple Music on Tuesday when it was first launched. As of Wednesday, based on what I played for the first couple of hours, I see more stuff filled in for you that's closer to what I want, classic rock, Beatles, stuff like that. So now I see Pink Floyd. Now I see Beach Boys. I see Creedence Clearwater Revival. I see Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen, Styx, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin. You see the point? It has twice as many things or three times as many things as it had the first day. It figures it out based on the hour or two during which I was playing music.
1: Right, but so I'm an iTunes Match subscriber, and Apple already knows, A, my purchases, B, the content of my library with iTunes Match, and all of that genius data. So they should have already had much more targeted uh, recommendations in that section. I was very surprised to see how many things were far off. I mean, I selected really like five artists because it was such a painful process to keep refreshing the artists. You can't search for artists in that bubble interface. You have to just keep refreshing until you find ones you like. And I only selected five, and none of them are anywhere near Madonna, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, and all those things that are clearly there just to sell me music, not to recommend music that I really like.
0: Well, you know, it's funny. If I saw Madonna, I'd understand it. Because back in the 1980s, when my wife was recording and doing demos, one of the musicians and producers we work with was a guy named Rob Sabino who played on a lot of the early Madonna stuff and also played on one of David Bowie's albums. But I don't know how iTunes or Apple Music would know that. But I don't like Madonna, and it wasn't there, seriously. You were saying?
1: I, I think the last time I listened to Madonna was, I guess, in the 1980s when I lived in New York. And Apple doesn't know
0: that. Or maybe they do. They read your mind. That's the secret. They don't <laughs> scrape your email. And stuff like Google does, they read your mind. Siri is there inside your head. If we did an electroencephalogram of your brain activity, you'd see Siri is invading your brain and it's taking over your mind. So I just
1: refreshed the For You page because it does refresh every once in a while. Um, There's a playlist of Rihanna reggae songs. There is a Miles Davis playlist, and he was one of the artists I selected. But another artist they're recommending is Avril Levine, who I've actually never listened to, Alicia Keys. I mean, these are just people I don't know, period. Now, again, I'm on the iPhone, so it's a little bit different on iTunes. If you tap and hold on a recommendation, you get a menu, and you can tap recommend less like this. So it shouldn't take too long for that to actually propagate. But I did that for, for Rihanna, and it's still showing me a Rihanna playlist. So I don't know how long it's going to take. To be fair, I haven't played much music with this. Um, I, I kind of tried to figure out how it works. And, y- you know, it was, I had a kind of kid in the candy store thing where I could play all this music and I didn't know what I wanted to play. I don't, I don't really care about playlists that other people make. So I was just choosing some artists and albums, and I played a few songs uh, here and there. But I haven't played literally more than an hour's music. So... The the new is basically what's new in different genres. I find it awfully limiting uh, compared to what's in the iTunes store. Now, I, I have to admit that I was surprised that Apple has separated the iTunes store, the selling part, from Apple Music, the streaming part. I really expected that when you find an album in the iTunes store, you would see two options. One to buy it and one to either stream it, add it to your music library or whatever. And that's not the case. So, while... I'm used to navigating the iTunes store and you actually see far more new albums in each genre. Um, I'm just not seeing a lot of new stuff. I'm I'm picking, I don't know, let's go to rock because that's a, a genre where there's a lot of new music. There are a few um albums at the top, so there's A C D C the Sticky Fingers Live. And then if I tap new, new music, it comes up with let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven rows, so about thirty albums. That's really not a lot of new music to recommend. Now, no, it's not. I, I, I may be the wrong demographic. So here's what I think. This is designed for people who want to listen to playlists because they're not that interested in music. They want things that are safe that they'll like, but they're not really that curious. They don't want to browse albums in particular, because you know the younger generation is more into songs. So it's entirely possible that the approach that I would have adopted, if I were designing something like this, which is which fits my mindset, someone who's really a music collector, um, is going to be very different from Apple's lowest common denominator approach.
0: I would assume here, if it's adaptive sufficiently, over the next few days, it will figure out what you're doing, and come up with something a little closer to what you want, a better profile. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. Subject on the table is Apple Music available for iOS, Mac, and Windows coming this fall to Android. So pay attention, Android users. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender Antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac. Post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug-A-Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com/hugamac. bitdefender.com/hugamac. Negative content or comments on the web
2: affecting your personal or professional reputation, unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair but what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800 831 That's 800 831 Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800 800
0: Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, is the one person I trust the most to tell me the real skinny about Apple Music. And as you're seeing here, and I'm following him with iTunes on my iMac, what we're seeing here is that it's still got a ways to go. It's not quite there yet.
1: No, it's 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 not quite there. But again, it's really a question of what the target demographic is. Again, if it's people who are just going to share playlists with their friends and listen to the latest hits, the people who are going to listen to really just 1% of the music that's there, um, you know, they've got something like 30, I think they have 37 million tracks in the iTunes store, but of course they're not all available to stream, so let's say they've got 30 million. uh, You know, look at Beats 1 Radio. It is 24 hours worldwide live and all that, except when I tried to listen when it wasn't working. Someone wrote an article a week or two ago saying in those 24 hours, they can't play much more than about 150 songs. That's pretty limiting. And when you consider the Beats 1 radio is just pop and no other genres, that's awfully limiting. But that's the the demographic that Apple is targeting, is the Beats 1 radio demographic. And that obviously is not me, and probably not you either.
0: I would think, though, over time, they'll add more options.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope there'll be a Beats 2 and a Beats 3 and a Beats 4 um so i'm pretty sure that they took the beats one name from bbc one so the way the bbc radio is is they have bbc one two three four five six and so one of them is pop one of them is classical one of them is talk um i don't know what they all are because i don't really listen to too many of them and maybe that's the goal with beats is to have different genres and different types of radio maybe they will even have a talk radio station at some point although that's a little bit more difficult for the worldwide aspect you know since it's only in english um it limits things a bit
0: bear in mind anyone who wants to try it out you get a 90-day free trial it requires you if you're an itunes user with an account to click a couple of screens and that's it choose whether you want the family plan at 1499 or whatever your currency is or the single user plan at 999 they will auto-bill you after 90 days, but you can turn off the auto-billing and decide later. So you don't forget and suddenly you have a bill you don't want. In 90 days, I expect there will be changes based on user feedback, based on what they hear. There will be changes. This is version 1.0. And as Kirk says, it can get a kind of cluttered. It doesn't just happen. You've got to spend some time to get invested in it. At that point, maybe Apple also hopes you become so invested in what it is and having it become better that you will just stick with it. And I would wonder about that too, Kirk. 90-day yeah, free trial. What uh, percentage we, of people do you think will keep it up?
1: It's a tough call. So I was talking to my son yesterday. He was saying, um, you know, he's in Paris, and, and it's so it's 10 euros a month, 120 euros a year. He's saying, you know, considering how much music I buy, that is a lot. Now, he subscribes to a record label called Other People. Um, it's a electronic, what they call EDM record label. It's a small indie label. I think he pays 50 bucks a year to get all their releases. He's constantly getting stuff on SoundCloud and that sort of stuff. So he's kind of out of the mainstream circle. He doesn't spend €120 Euros a year. Now, the Other People music is probably not going to be on Apple Music, so he's still going to have to pay for that. And he was thinking... What's going to happen at the end if I decide to stop subscribing? I don't have any of that music anymore. And that's an important consideration. If you commit to this, you start building playlists and building a library. You have to understand that you're committing for the long term. And I said to my son, you're basically committing to 50 years at 10 euros a month or 6,000 euros for the next 50 years of music.
0: Now, there was a survey I read a while back about how much people spend on music. And I think it was in the $100, $120 a year category.
1: I seem to remember
0: it
1: was around $140.
0: All right. So it was actually somewhat more. It's $120 for Apple Music. So it was in the $100 plus ring. Whatever. In recent years, it's much less. People are not buying music the way they used to. Now, in a sense, this recovers that investment. Because suddenly, if you're now spending slightly shy of the former average... The music industry is getting the same money from you. It's just not selling you anything. It's renting it. And as you say, you have to make a 50-year commitment. I don't have to make a 50-year commitment well, because I'm an on old codger. Kid. And yeah, you can you make don't... a slightly longer commitment than I, but your son, it's a 50-year or 60-year commitment. My son, maybe it's a 50-year commitment. And we assume Apple will be there by then. But the thing that bothers me most, and we'll get into it in a moment... The thing that bothers me most is that when I look at my music library now, I no longer have vinyl. I sold it off. I got CD versions. So I have a music library going back to the mid-1980s, 30 years old. Not a huge library, but a decent-sized library. Now, I know that as long as I can get a CD player, and I'm 98 years old, living in the old-age home, I can bring a CD player with me and listen. I don't have to subscribe to anything.
1: Or by then, you'll have all your music ripped onto your computer anyway.
0: By then, I'll have all my music ripped into my brain, probably. Yeah. You know, it'll be just implanted in my brain because the chip that will have all my music will be microscopic in size. Regardless here, if I want to depend on Apple Music, I still have to subscribe when I'm 98 if I live that long. Yep. And we assume Apple is going to be in the same form. We assume that Apple will continue the same format. You're also investing in what Apple plans to do and how long they plan to continue doing this. And if they have something as a successor to Apple Music five, ten years from now, I assume there'll be a migration path. Because right now, this works in conjunction with your existing library. You know, it's not replacing it. Your library is still there. Your iTunes Match, I guess, is still there. What's that about?
1: Well, iTunes Match has sort of disappeared. Um, I So the library that I was testing Apple Music on is on my MacBook Pro. I have a, a very large library on my iMac, which is actually larger than what I, iTunes Match or Apple Music will accept. Um, and on my MacBook Pro, I have a smaller library, which is a few thousand tracks. Now... It had iTunes Match, and after I updated, uh, there's no sign of iTunes Match. There's this iCloud Music Library, which, as a parenthetical, totally messed up my artwork and tags and changed all sorts of stuff. When I turned it off, I don't see my iTunes Match stuff. There are no menu items that talk about iTunes Match. It seems like there's something on the back end that's not working correctly. And I checked this on Apple's support forums. A lot of people were seeing the same problem. So it's not just me. My son has iTunes Match. He was still seeing the little cloud icon in the top of the iTunes window, but it wasn't connecting, and he wasn't able to access any of his iTunes Match music. You now, Apple has said that iTunes Match and Apple Music are independent but complementary. That means that iTunes Match is going to continue, but it seems to be missing right now.
0: They also plan to increase the iTunes match limit from 25,000 tunes, which is a fraction of what Kirk needs, to 100,000 gradually over the next, I guess, few months. We'll have more that. Which about
1: will be that. comfortable for
0: me. We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, Apple Music on the agenda. This is the Tech Night Out Live.
8: A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications
9: Network, GCN. This is Dan Pillett. Do you have the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com.
11: You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com.
12: If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day. To help keep you healthy and well. With none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally. And can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com. Com. SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved
13: ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184
14: live with gene steinberg it's the tech night owl because you never know what's going to happen next
0: apple music on the agenda remember once again folks we also have another way of sending you this radio show it's called Techniteout plus. How do you get Technight Out Plus? You go to plus.technightOut.com. And the great thing about it is the fact that you get the ad-free version of the show, better quality audio for a modest monthly subscription rate. Plus.technighthow.com. Check it out. With Apple Music, it's available now for iOS with iOS 8.4. Right now it looks like 85% of all users of iOS devices have upgraded to iOS 8 which they said wasn't popular, but obviously it is popular. For Mac, for PC, there's a new version of iTunes. There will be an Apple Music app for Google's Android platform coming this fall and also for Apple TV. We're trying to sort things out, and as you see from the somewhat convoluted discussion we're having, the first iteration of Apple Music is a little bit confusing. Like Apple tried so hard to pack so much in there to stand out from Spotify and Pandora or whatever, that maybe they just went a little too far?
1: Yeah. One of the things Apple had to do different, uh, basically, from Spotify. Pandora is a different kind of animal since it's not on-demand streaming, but they had to do different from Spotify. What they did, part of it is this connect thing, and part of it is the radio. And what's probably the most confusing is the fact that they built this onto iTunes. So Spotify is a separate app. You choose what you want to listen to. You don't have an existing library, whereas here you do. And and I think that's one of the advantages of Apple Music is the fact that you can use your existing library, but it does make things a lot more confusing. I do write a lot about iTunes and you always remind everyone that I'm the iTunes guy over at Macworld. And I'm really having trouble wrapping my head around some of the finer points of this. You know, it's really easy. You want to listen to b One radio. You want to go to the new thing and listen to the hottest songs or, or playlists and all that. It's really easy. Once you start involving your own library, things get a little bit more confusing.
0: That's where I think Apple needs to fix things up. I think they need a better way to hold your hand when you set this up. Because right now, except for that very simple initial setup screen with the musical genres and the artists, you're on your own. And that's not good. You should not be on your own. There should be a way for people to just pick up things, guide them gradually into what they offer. And you don't have that. It's like it's just all there. You figure it out.
1: Well, some of it is easy to figure out. Okay, that that for you introduction thing is really clunky. And and again, you can't search for artists and add them there. You can tap on the heart icon and and quote-unquote love artists later as you browse through Apple Music, and that'll certainly help. But the very first steps are are really kind of clunky. And and I found it off-putting to know that it could have just picked up the artists for the music on my iPhone. There are 4,500 songs on my iPhone. It could have said, well, hey, you got a lot of Bob Dylan and Grateful Dead. You probably like these artists. But it didn't. It started out with artists I've never heard of. It should be more transparent. Again, I think the target demographic is people who don't have music on their iPhones. I think it's mobile users. They don't have music. Or if they do, they have very little music. So I don't think I really fit in the target demographic. For example, my main iTunes library is about 65,000 tracks, but I even have a second library because I split it up because it was too big, which is about 40,000. One of my many hats that I wear is that of reviewing classical CDs. So I get a lot of CDs. I try and rip them all before I review them. So a lot of that is in the second library of things that I don't necessarily listen to a lot. I'm not the target demographic. I don't blame Apple for that. I do blame them for making it so confusing for anyone who does have a music library, though, because this is supposed to be for people who love music, and the people who really love music have a large library.
0: Well, I don't know. With 100,000 or 110,000 songs, how long would it take you to listen to all of them one more time?
1: Well, if I go into my iTunes library, it has 290 days worth of music, 64,145 items. Um, So that's 290 days. So if I were listening eight hours a day, that would be 900 days, so pretty much three years to listen to everything. But again, my library is due for a cult. There's a lot of classical music in here that I haven't removed, that I don't listen to, that I've listened to a few times to review. So it's time to clean this out and get it down to around
0: 50,000. Let's look at the fact here that with Apple Music, you're not getting the entire library because Apple has to make deals with some artists. Like, for example, I saw Paul McCartney's stuff in there, but nothing from the Beatles. Yep. It's not there yet. Yep. So we assume that they're working out that deal, that Apple is going to convince the Beatles representatives to let them do that. They got Taylor Swift in there for her 1989 album. And by the way, I did listen to the excerpts of the full album at Taylor Swift's site. I think they've got like 90 seconds from each tune. And they all seem to sound alike. She has the same style with her voice where they feed it with a lot of echo. You can't really tell what the voice is really like.
1: Yeah, it's this heavily overproduced music that is just typical pop music these days. You know, if you go back to our generation, it's Boston. Remember
0: Boston? It's not my favorite, but... My no, favorites were The Beatles that. and The Stones and Pink no, 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 Floyd. No, I'm not
1: saying that. I'm saying it's compared to Boston. Boston was one guy. He basically decided that he wanted to create a hit album, so he listened to a whole bunch of albums, and he tried to find the common denominators, and he put all this stuff together, and he heavily produced everything. That's how he came up with what really was a hit album, actually, Boston's album. He had to scramble to get some musicians to play live when the album was so popular, people wanted him to tour, And he had to actually find a band and start touring. But it's the same concept. It's just music that's designed to meet the lowest common denominator of music listener that isn't very different from the rest of the music that is popular. It's more music tailored for popularity rather than music that the artists make because they really like music.
0: But don't you think here, as people use this service, as they see the demographics of users, they'll cater more to the people who are exceptions because that's what it's supposed to be about. No. It's not supposed to be the lowest common denominator, I would think. They've got to learn what you want.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, sort of 80-20 rule, as everyone says, they're catering for the 80% of the people who are listening to 1% of the music. They don't care that much about the rest of them. If you look at the genre list in the the news section, you look at the genres, you see the less popular genres have fewer titles. If you look at the radio list, you look at the genres, you go down the list. The ones near the end are classical jazz, world music, and all that. One percent of music sold is classical music, yet classical music buyers are often collectors as opposed to occasional listeners. Jazz fans can be rabid in their desire to listen to different things and to hear their favorite musicians perform as side bands with bands. It's Obviously, it's the easiest group to deal with. The, the 80%, the pop music. And again, Beats 1 Radio is a pop music radio channel.
0: Well, all right. So you're feeling here that if you're a Taylor Swift fan or you like hip-hop or rap or something, you're cool. You're all right. If you're into yeah. classic rock, there will be enough to satisfy you. Yeah. If you're a classical music fan, you like jazz, something that isn't quite as popular, well, maybe not.
1: Well, there is a lot of classical music. However, it's not as easy to find because classical music doesn't lend itself to playlists. Even jazz, the the idea of a playlist of, you know, 20 different jazz musicians, it can work a little bit, but after a while it gets stale. People who are into jazz are more into specific musicians and are probably more album listeners. Um, So the music is there. I did search for a lot of classical music today and found tons and tons of stuff, um, especially from the major labels. But it's really a question of can this approach, the the quote unquote curation, which I think is a horrible word for the term, um, the playlist approach, doesn't suit all types of music. I think.
0: As I said, I hope it'll be adaptive, if nothing else. Well, we'll see over time. They'll figure it out, and eventually, it will be something that you like. But. On the other hand, Apple could really build a very successful service without ever having to change anything else.
1: Yeah, I I would really like to see Apple. I mean, okay, it's a bit egotistical.
0: Got more to come on the Tech Night Out live.
8: Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion.
0: We are GCN.
14: know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg
0: kirk mckelhearn is here talking about apple music and the key concern he has is the fact that it's catering to a lowest common denominator And I'm not saying that the people who like that music are necessarily to be criticized or attacked. It's just if you look at 80% of the people want this kind of music, and Apple gives that to them and caters to them, they keep a successful service, but the people with more specialized interests can be overlooked, which isn't very good. But what about Spotify? The biggest competitor is Spotify right now, with 20 million paying customers. How does Spotify cater to people who have more exclusive tastes?
1: They don't. Let me just say that I don't mean this is a value judgment for people who listen to to Taylor Swift or Rihanna or whatever. Um, It's not that. It's that most people don't care about music enough to want more than wallpaper. Um, I think it might have been a survey that Spotify actually did that found that basically when people have children, they stop listening to new music. So... Us old codgers, I mean, my son is almost 25, so it's 25 years ago that I haven't listened to new music. Not quite true, because I am a music fan, so I do listen to a lot. But it's true that I don't really care for hip-hop or, you know, current pop and all that sort of music. Most people, basically, once they have a family, they just listen to radio or whatever's easy. And this is why... So Spotify works with playlists and sort of radio stations. Um, Apple, you know, has iTunes radio, although iTunes radio is only in two countries, the U.S. and Australia. They have b One radio, they have playlists and all that. And I think it's just easy for people who want to listen to music and don't want the hassle of searching. Let, let, let's be honest, not that many people are real music fans. I, I use the example of the movie High Fidelity. I was one of the guys hanging out in the record store. There aren't a lot of people like that. It's, you know, it's 80-20, maybe even 90-10, maybe 5% of people are that into music. So I'm really the exception. This said, I do hear from a lot of people who do have similar tastes, not necessarily classical and jazz, but people who are collectors of specific types of music. They may be collectors of old chess recordings, old Motown or, you know, blues and things like that. So there is a demographic. It's just not very large. So Spotify, how do they do it? They don't. Um, Spotify is horrendous. They're metadata for classical music. So this is what tells you um, who's performing the names of works and composers. It's horrid. Um, at least Apple has an advantage because the metadata in the iTunes store is really quite good. So if you're searching for classical music or specific jazz recordings, you will find them. However, if you're looking for every recording... Where Bill Evans played piano, but not in his own piano trio, um, you won't be able to find that. That kind of metadata is not there.
0: What about jazz and other genres that uh, are less than pop?
1: Well, jazz can be popish. There are, you know, you you get the occasional singer like Nora Jones or Diana Krall who, who are technically jazz singers and who are quite popular. Um, There's a lot of jazz music available on apple music but one notable label who doesn't play the streaming game is ecm which is probably the most innovative jazz and classical label because they do record some classical music Um, they used to stream a few years ago and then they stopped because they weren't making enough money um the major labels are there the smaller independents are there but it's the ones in the middle who aren't um and and that, that actually that's a shame well it's not a shame they need to make money um, but ECM would attract a lot of jazz listeners to any streaming service. You know, in each in each genre, in each niche, there are specific labels like that. Um, in classical music, for instance, Hyperion Records is a British indie label, indie. They release, what, about 40 or 50 albums a year. They're a highly respected independent label. Um, they don't stream either, and... Basically, if you want to listen to that kind of music, you've got to buy it. Now, another thing I noticed is that I've noticed a number of albums where you can't stream every track. Um, So a a record label can choose per album or per track what's streamable. I noticed one album by the Kronos Quartet, which is actually highlighted in the new section of classical music, where the first track, which is 12 minutes long, is not streamable. Um, So that's the kind of album-only track on the iTunes store, but there's plenty of other classical music that's long that is streamable. Um, I found a Miles Davis album. I think it's a three-CD set of live recordings in 1967. The first 14 tracks are streamable, and the last 10 aren't. So if you really want that whole album, you've got to buy it.
0: Well, there you go. Apple Music. For most of you, probably, it's perfectly fine. For those with more specialized preferences, not so. Maybe it will get better in the future. Maybe Apple will read those criticisms and see. Now, as far as my music is concerned, I think the music I like most was released before my son was born. But strangely enough, we ended up, to some degree, having similar musical tastes.
1: Well, that's because you influenced him.
0: Well, that's good. I like to think I influenced him in a positive way. We went to some events, musical events together. We saw David Bowie together, for example. I think one of the last performances before he stopped touring. So we did see stuff together, and we did participate together. Of course, since he moved to Spain, he's gone into a different universe.
1: Yeah, well, that happens. And my my son listens to some music that I like that he grew up listening to like Pink Floyd, for instance, he really likes. Um, but a lot of other stuff he doesn't listen to Grateful Dead, um, Bob Dylan, he doesn't care for them as much. And he discovered all this electronic music that he likes. And some of it I like actually he turns me on to some of the bands he likes. Um, and I find some of them pretty good, but yeah, I think, you know, people have kids so There are a couple things that happen. They don't have time. They have less disposable income. Um, Things like music aren't as important. Music is a courtship ritual, going to concerts and bars and all that sort of stuff. Um, Once you start having kids, you just don't have time for that. And maybe when your kids grow up, you get back into music. Unless you're a real music fanatic, that's probably not going to happen. So, uh, again, this is why all these music services are targeting younger people, basically you know, who don't yet have kids. Well, they've sure. always
0: done that, you know, ever of since, course. of course, Elvis Presley came out. Of course. You had music- the young people adopt a music of their own. And as right. they grew older, they continued to listen to that music. And then their kids adopted something else.
1: Yeah. Since the fifties, music has been for young people before that. It was a lot more, it was a lot more diverse, you know, back in the days of radio, etc. Um, you know, early radio, I think a lot of people listened to whatever music was on. Obviously, they didn't have as many choices. Um, But when the 50s came along, it was, you know, we're not going to go into music history, but, you know, the whole rebellion and all that. Um, So Apple Music is targeting that demographic. That's the demographic who listens to music, and that's the person who's going to find that Apple Music is very cool.
0: Do you think the young people will adopt it Say, look, I can get all the music I want or most of it for $10 a month. I don't have to buy anything anymore. And that's what Apple hopes. Once they rope in the kids, they'll stay with the service for 50 years.
1: Well, the thing is, if that were the case, then Spotify would have a lot more than 20 million paying subscribers. Um, since Since they have a free tier on Spotify, so it's free but you listen to ads, most people aren't bothered by ads. They just think it's just the cost of doing business. So they're more than happy to listen to, you know, playlists on Spotify with ads every three or four songs. Now, Apple Music doesn't have a free tier, and rightly so. I think that money needs to be given to record labels, artists, songwriters, etc. The question is, is it convincing enough? Because you can stick with Spotify. So they have, I think it's 75 million users, 20 million of whom pay, so that's 55 million don't you can stick with spotify and listen to ads or if you care more about music you'll pay a little bit whether or not it's it's really up in the air what's going to happen on um the first of october or the 31st of or the 30th of september whatever the the three-month date is um it's really up in the air to know how many people are going to subscribe and and that is going to be the day of reckoning i think for Apple music that'll be whether it makes or breaks now What's Apple's targets? 50 million people? 100 million? I, I think that they're in more countries than Spotify, so they really want to, they need to get more than 20 million, but are they going to get them all right off the bat? Or, or remember, it's only for people with iOS devices until the fall when it's going to be available for Android.
0: Um, and that may be the big thing right there. Apple does what they did with itunes when it became available for windows more to come yeah i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech Night Live. the nation's largest independently
8: owned and operated talk radio network the genesis communications
0: network g c n neighbors are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider well check out
5: Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. 62237 extension 129.
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: On the Tech Night Owl Live, we have Kirk McElhern. We're dissecting the possible reach of Apple Music. Now, remember here, when you subscribe, it turns auto-renew on. You have to manually turn it off. And I think Apple's banking on the fact that such a small amount of money, a lot of people will just simply let it happen, whether they're listening or not. A lot of people, I don't know what percentage, will keep it going. The other unknown is how well does it do on Android? All the publicity might do it. They might add more exclusive artists for the fall to attract android users remember that itunes didn't come into its own until windows users had it and started buying ipods
1: yeah that's what really made itunes and the ipod take off i think the android thing is necessary because the number of uh ios and mac users is limited of course you can listen to it on a uh, on a pc on windows pc as well as on a mac and itunes but clearly the target demographic is the mobile demographic so being on Android devices is essential.
0: Right. So we have to wonder how many millions they'll capture that way.
1: Yeah, there's no way of knowing, that really. In three months, Apple will know pretty quickly how many people are willing to take the plunge. You can turn off auto-renew auto, auto renew now or whatever it is, but I'm pretty sure you're going to get an email a week or something before just to confirm, to warn you that you are going to be getting billed for this. So That's an
0: important point, too. Apple lets you know. The second that I ordered the free trial, Yeah, they explained what I did in an email that auto renew was turned on. They're not hiding it from you. And they freely admit, look, if you don't want auto renew, turn it off. Yep. I think it will also be interesting to see how many people are actually sampling the service. There will either be a press release coming out this coming week with some early numbers or during the quarterly conference call with financial analysts later on in July. Now, that's interesting. The last time Apple had that call, the one question that was never asked is, "Hey, folks, how many Apple Watches did you sell?" Nobody asked. Did
1: they? I thought someone might have asked. No. Un- unless they were instructed to not bother to ask cuz they knew they wouldn't get an answer.
0: Well, you know what? Here, what are they going to do? Just refuse to have that representative back the next time? They can simply say that you know, we're right now still very back-ordered, but we're very pleased with the response and leave yeah, it Yeah, they can,
1: they can waffle through it. That's really easy.
0: Exactly. They can waffle.
1: They can waffle. They can right. pancake even.
0: They can waffle. They can pancake. They can even they can use and- French toast. Listen, I don't like French toast or anything with eggs. I can tolerate pancakes which have eggs. Yeah. But that's about it. Waffles I love good.
1: French toast. and I haven't eaten it in a while. If it wasn't so hot here, I would actually make some because that reminds me, you know, how much I like French toast.
0: I know my mother wanted to make French toast. Okay. And so she offered it to me many, many times. And many, many times I said, it's got eggs in there. Look, I'm watching you make it. There's eggs in it. Take that away. I don't want to hear from it.
1: Eggs are an important part of French toast.
0: A significant part. Yes. I mean, if I want toast, I'll just have toast. Exactly. I'll put butter on it. So I've got French toast
1: without the eggs. Or you could even pour maple syrup on it after that, and you'll have, you know, pretty much everything without the eggs. See? This is Gene Steinberg does breakfast on the Tech Night Owl Live.
0: Well, I eat breakfast before we do the show.
1: That's right. So- it's very early for you. It's, it's after 6 p.m. for me here in the U.K.
0: And as soon as we finish, you'll have dinner.
1: I will. Yeah. and And as we were talking about before the show, it is the hottest day in July since records have been kept in the UK. I think the temperature hit around 37 degrees um, near London. So that's, let's see, 98.6, 37.
0: What is it in Fahrenheit? 98.6. That sounds like a rock and roll song from the 1960s by an artist named Keith. Yeah.
1: It doesn't usually get that hot here. In In Paris today, it's about 40 which is let's see 104 it might have even hit 41
0: now just to give you a perspective right now it's the morning in arizona so i'm there, phoenix it's 10:23 in the morning and it's 90 degrees it will be 104 today but and that's actually humidity? not so bad for summer right, because in humidity? arizona it can get to 115 or 120 during the day yep but what's the humidity I don't know the, the widget for dashboard. I still use dashboard widgets, by the way, on my Mac. I use yep. one that shows system processes and one that shows, which isn't being updated anymore, so it's not complete. And I have one that shows the temperature. It doesn't tell me anything about humidity, but normally it's not a big factor here.
1: No, it's, it's quite low. And, and where I lived in, in the Southern Alps in France, humidity was very low as well. So even though this sort of today it's just under thirty-two degrees where I am, um, this temperature there, okay, it's hot, but you go out and you're not melting because the humidity is very low. Um, I actually have a a weather station that I just bought, and it's telling me the humidity here is fifty percent. That's muggy in this kind of weather.
0: Now, how's the rain? You're getting rain every day, or no?
1: It doesn't rain that much here. It's you know, I wouldn't say it's a myth. But it's over-exaggerated. Um, we get rain. We get rain. But not a lot. It's it's not... The, the first month where... Uh, when The first month I was... So you don't
0: get a tan while standing in the English rain?
1: No, you don't. But you get a tan just going out in normal weather. You don't get a tan because of the, the latitude to start with. The angle of the sun through the atmosphere makes a difference. Um, but... We had about a year and a half ago, there was about six weeks of rain and, and a lot of flooding in the country, including around where I am, not where, exactly where I live. Um, but other than that, we don't get much rain. It's not that hot in summer. Next, this heat wave is very short-lived. Tomorrow, it's going to go down to 23 degrees, which is about, let's see, 73 Fahrenheit. Um, it's going to go up to 25, then down around 20 next week, which is in the low 70s. That's pretty standard for this time of year. Um, su- summer is not that hot. It's nowhere near as hot as what I had in southern France. And for the record, I hate hot weather, so I'm a lot more comfortable with the weather here.
0: Not like going back to New York.
1: Oh, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I really couldn't.
0: You know, it's, it's still- funny, on our other show, The Powercast, We were talking about our old neighborhoods for a couple of segments because one of our guests had come from Brooklyn. So I said, okay, let's compare your part of Brooklyn to mine. So I lived at a place called 102 Newport Street, a row house in the heart of Brownsville. And I looked the place up on Google Earth. I got a street-level view from 2013. It's in pretty decent shape. I thought it would be like a combat zone there. And the house, that must have been remodeled or something. But it really looked as if it was in good shape. And you have to think about something here. This is a house that has to be 70 or 80 years old now.
1: Yeah, I, I did the same thing. So I grew up in Jamaica Estates. Um, Jamaica Estates is right at the end of the E and the F train. Although I think it's only the E train now. The F actually goes down into South Jamaica. They've changed it. Um, it's a pretty much suburban neighborhood with houses and a couple of apartment buildings i grew up in an apartment building but it's mostly houses around there um not much has changed it's not like they've ripped down houses to build new apartment buildings um a lot of obviously the stores around the subway station changed a lot um and and it looks a bit seedy but other than that the when once you get a few blocks away from the subway station it's the same sort of tree-lined suburban streets um that it was back then But, yeah, it was kind of interesting to look with street view. It's almost like you're walking down these streets and and streets I haven't seen in, what, 35 years. It's really quite interesting.
0: I'd like to physically go there and kind of look around and maybe have an armed guard with me.
1: Yeah. Well, Brownsville, I don't know about. So my my father grew up in Greenpoint. Um, And so if you remember, even back when you were in Brooklyn, Greenpoint was a Polish neighborhood and there were polish stores and you could get polish newspapers it probably looks pretty much the same in fact it's probably gotten a lot upscale as as you know brooklyn heights and all that the stuff across the river from manhattan um has become gentrified it's probably sort of spilled over into places like greenpoint as well because greenpoint's not that far from
0: manhattan on the subway before we go on another subway We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender Antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it #HugAMac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac.
18: It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out 1500 bucks, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line, you you're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it. And that means your home stays safe. 24 7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com.
19: elimination
12: is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health.
14: I just want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I noticed dramatic change. Also in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've
16: noticed in the past week or so
14: I'm not feeling bad anymore and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up a five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more. I love your product. Thank you.
11: Call 888-988-3325.
12: That's 888-988-3325 or visit oneworldway.com. That's com.
13: As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia?
9: It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification and our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water get your big berkey today call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click Waterfilters.com. that's 1-877-99-BERKEY big berkey water filters for the love of clean water
0: We have Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. We've been talking about Apple Music, and I think he got the general texture of it. It is flawed. It is maybe attuned to the 80% who prefers pop music and various elements of rock and country, but if your tastes are far more specialized, it's not quite that way. It's different. And it may not cater to your needs, but for a free 90-day trial, give it a workout. See what Apple does. See the decisions that Apple makes in response to what you want. You may wake up a month from now and find out, my heavens, it knows what's going on. It has followed me. And it's insensitive. Now, Kirk, of course, it's going to be difficult for anyone to figure that out. What he likes, no, it's classical. He likes a lot of classical. And he does like stuff that they do report. But the classical, they're not doing very well. They're doing better than Spotify. We expect it's going to be a pretty good success. I guess you and I agree, some elements of the way it's laid out, the design, the layout, it's a little complicated right now.
1: The usability is a bit clunky. But again, as I said earlier, if you want to just have a playlist of what's recommended, which is what most people are going to do, or listen to Beat One Radio, then it's easy to use. It's once you want to go a little bit further. Because so so don't forget some of the interesting aspects of Apple Music are that you can download music to listen to offline. You can add it to your My Music library. Um, you can create playlists with all this music. So th- this is where once you start using it, you're going to save your favorites. You're going to make playlists. You're going to download some of them so you can listen to them without using up your your mobile contract. That's interesting. It gets a little more complicated because then you have to. Either create playlists or add music to playlists you already have. Playlists are a lot easier to manage in iTunes, and yet a lot of people using Apple Music will only be doing this on mobile devices. So there's all of that. You know, it's the same in Spotify and the other services. They all let you save playlists. Most of them, if you have a paid subscription, let you download stuff for offline listening as well. As I said earlier, the biggest difference here is the integration into your existing iTunes library. Now, if you don't have an iTunes library, it's probably not a problem. If you have a big iTunes library, it's going to get confusing. I would almost recommend that if you really plan to stream, don't sync any music to your iPhone or whatever device you're going to be using when you're mobile. Just use it for streaming. Don't send that music to your computer. So turn off iCloud Music Library on your computer and keep the two separate. It would be a lot easier to manage. Now, if you do want to have your music... Depending on what it is, you might be able to just down. You might be able to just stream a lot of the music you listen to that's in your iTunes library because it's on Apple Music, and that might resolve a lot of the complication of the two different your library getting mixed up with your streaming music. So, again, it depends on how you're going to use it. This is really it's just uh, I've literally had less than twelve hours to look at it because this came out last night, uh, my time, and I was at the theater last night. And when I came home, it was late, so I didn't even bother. So I got up at 8 this morning, and I started looking at it. it Ask me again in a few weeks if I figured out how to work better between an existing library and, I, and Apple Music.
0: The thing is here, we're not looking at the average user profile.
1: No, and, and that's very hard for us. One of the problems with, and this was when, re, when reading some reviews about the Apple Watch, I realized that a lot of the people who were reviewing this were people like me who work as freelancers in sedentary positions, who don't commute to offices and all. And it's obvious that I can't have the same point of view as someone who's on buses and subways and wants to put maps on their watch. We all try to put ourselves into the shoes of other, lists, of other users, and it's not always that easy. So me, me being a sort of a music fanatic makes it a lot more difficult for me to approach Apple Music in the same way that an average user would. On the other hand, there's an audience who wants the information that I can provide. There's an audience of other people who are music fans, and they're very interested in hearing some of the details. So we can't please everyone. We do our best.
0: So you've got to please yourself.
1: Yeah, we can't please everyone, right? Yeah.
0: That's what Rick Nelson sang in Garden Party. You don't remember that, do you? No. Oh, well. You see, that's more music. You know, I don't know if you even have music from that. He was, of course, a rockabilly artist, Ricky Nelson. Yeah, I know who he is. And he was a real artist. He wasn't somebody they just bought a career for. He was writing and producing his own music. He was a decent country singer, pretty talented guy, and he died during a plane crash Yep. when they were all freebasing or something really weird.
1: Well, I don't think they were freebasing back then.
0: Well, they were doing whatever the equivalent in the 70s was.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's track. In any case, there you go. If you want to know what it is on your Mac or Windows, get the latest iTunes. It'll tell you all about Apple Music. Or for iOS, it's iOS 8.4. And the major fix is that the music app becomes the Apple Music app with a brand new icon. What do you think about the new icon?
1: It's softer,
0: not as harsh as the other one.
1: Yeah, I kind of like it. Um, You know, I I was a bit surprised that they would have changed the icon so soon after they they changed it with iTunes 12 last year. Um, It just turned red last year from blue, and they changed it now. But I kind of like it. I I think it stands out more in the dock. Um, It stands out more in the app switch. You know, when you press Command-Tab on a Mac, it stands out a little bit more on my iPhone than the red icon. Because if I'm looking at my iPhone, there aren't that many apps that, have, that I have that have white icons. Um, Audible's audiobook app does, the remote app, Apple's remote app does, um, and there's a few, the health app and all that. But there aren't that many. Mo- most of my icons are colored, blue, red, green, etc.
0: Now, but one I- thing I was reminded here, this reverts back to the colors in the original Apple logo.
1: That's true. Yeah, It
0: also totally is photos. complementary to the icon for photos.
1: That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Because I have them next to each other. Yeah. In the dock, I have iTunes and Photos. Okay. And they're complementary. Okay. So that's point. interesting. Apple has been doing some things there. Yep. They, they are very opposite the way Microsoft is handling their apps, where they have these very loud colors... Kind of dark colors with thin white type over it. Difficult to read. Apple has gone to a different direction. And one thing I will notice here is having played with the betas of El Capitan and iOS 9, the new San Francisco font looks better in smaller sizes. It does. It really does.
1: Yeah, and and in the standard size, it's slightly more readable. Um, I think that's a nice change.
0: Apple has smart designers there, people who are as good as the original type designers. Remember also the variations of Helvetica date back as far as the 1950s. Things had to change. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff you do.
1: You can stop by my website, which is Kirkville. It's www.mckelhearn.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N. You can stop by my new iTunes forum, which I just launched today. It's Kirk's iTunes forum. It's forum.mckelhearn.com. Again, M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me on Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy and where I write a whole lot of other things than not just about iTunes.
0: Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live.
1: Thanks for having me again, Gene. Great minds think alike. The network
8: for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
9: GCN. Hey, Berkey Guy here. Are you still drinking unfiltered tap water? Does your water contain chlorine or fluoride? Will you have drinkable water in an emergency? The Berkey Guy is here to help you remove these and other potential contaminants from your water, thus helping you drink clean, purified water. We offer
1: Berkey water purification systems at the lowest available prices online. Don't go another moment without Berkey system. Over the last 10 years, we've helped thousands drink clean, purified water. Join them by visiting GoBerkey.com or call me, The Berkey Guy, at 877-886-3653. That's
6: 877-886-3653.
20: Hi, Coast to Coast listeners. I'm Kay Swirling from KSCO Radio in Santa Cruz. I'm 93 years old, and I'm a big fan of George Norrie because his topics and guests are fascinating and really get you thinking. George is just as bothered as I am by all the advertising you hear for toxic prescription drugs that make you sicker, not healthy. I prefer to give my body all 90 essential nutrients it needs for life to prevent disease, not compound it. My favorite complete supplement is Beyond Tangy Tangerine from Longevity, which I take every day along with EFA Plus and Beyond OsteoFX, which together are called the Healthy Start Pack. I recommend you go online to criticalhealthnews.com to purchase these products. That's criticalhealthnews.com or call eight five five nine four nine radio
4: don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 in up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy that includes includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV.
10: Disable the cable, cut costs and get more.
4: Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV.
14: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to The Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us this week with a lot of things to discuss. Now, to get started, Jeff, I want to briefly touch on Apple Watch from this standpoint, and that is People have asked me if I was going to buy an Apple Watch. And I've mentioned, you probably recall, or maybe you don't, it doesn't matter, so much that I was running around with a 10-year-old guess watch that cost maybe 50 or $75. Mm-hmm. Well, that watch had a peculiar problem. After replacing the battery, the problem didn't go away, where it would operate for a couple of days and then stop in its tracks, stop working, and then pick up with no warning. Now,
19: are you sure you weren't slipping through some time dimension portal thing? Well, there is a character
0: on a TV show from the ABC Family Network called Stitchers where she does not sense time. Okay. So, of course, maybe that's it. I do not sense time, or my watch didn't sense time. Regardless, I went over to a Walmart store nearby, Walmart Supercenter, and I saw a watch for $12.88. Now remember, I could choose an Apple Watch for $349 and take advantage of all those fancy notifications and every hour it would tell me to stand up and exercise my legs or something. Mm-hmm. Watch at Walmart, $12.88. The watch has a three-year warranty. The watch has a calendar. It's good for 100 feet depth of water. So if I go in a rowing boat and I fall in, I could dive to about 100 feet. It's water resistant. It has a silvery kind of metallic bracelet. It looks nice. It looks nice. Actually, looks very nice. It's a very nice looking watch. It seems to keep accurate time. In a way, it's somewhat reminiscent of the Guess watch. Okay. Twelve dollars and eighty eight cents. And they were so nice at the Walmart. They even removed the links from the bracelet, so it fit me perfectly. Twelve dollars and eighty eight cents. Now I don't know about you. I will have an Apple Watch someday, perhaps. I'm on the bottom of the list of reviewers of Apple Watch over an Apple. And we added another station, by the way. In the last couple of weeks, we got an outlet in Oklahoma, and everything. More and more, more and more stations are picking up the show. But Apple still has me at the bottom of the list. So I have a twelve dollar and eighty eight cent Walmart watch now. If I replace the battery at Walmart, it will cost me five and a half dollars. Now. If this watch lasts a year, that's fine.
19: Yeah, that's a little over a uh, uh, buck a month.
0: That's right. Well, think about the guest watch. Ten years, say it cost me $75. That's $7.50 a year. So it was a little bit more reliable. On the other hand, you never know about these watches. This watch may persevere forever because I don't give it hard usage. I just stick it on my wrist and I look at it when I need to check the time. And that's it. I don't worry about notifications. I can barely see the calendar on it. It does say the proper date. No, it doesn't. The day is one day off because it's not sensitive to months. But I'm not going to bother changing the date every month. That's just a bother that I don't need to because I can barely see the date. If I don't know mm-hmm. what day it is, you know, I'm in trouble. They can send me away.
19: Well, you can also They're lining look up. on your computer.
0: I could, of course. If I'm not near my computer, I can check on my iPhone or right. on my car. At least tell me the time. Well, tell me the date. Oh, well, I didn't opt when I got that car for the fancy navigation system because they're far worse than Google Maps or Apple Maps. So now you know where I stand. Now, you still have an Apple Watch, right, Jeff?
19: I do, and I I still like my Apple Watch. Uh, What I found is that I don't use it very much for fitness tracking, which is kind of interesting because that's one of the big things Apple pushed with it. For me, it's a really great extension of my iPhone, and it's become my, uh, my tool so that I can stay on top of important things, important notifications, without being obtrusive to everyone around me. So the types of notifications that I really, really want to see quickly, I send those to my Apple Watch. Everything else just stays on my phone. So if my wrist vibrates, I need to check it soon. If my phone vibrates, I need to check it in a little while. And uh, and it, it's great for all the quick reference things that I need to do. It's been incredibly convenient for all of that kind of stuff. But uh, but it's not my be-all, end-all for fitness tracking. As a matter of fact, it stays on the charger until I leave my place for the first time every day. So uh, like like today, it's been a busy day for me. And I've been sitting at my desk all day, and it's, it's, uh, it's late enough in the day that I'm not going to have any useful fitness tracking data off the watch because I still
0: haven't put it on. In my case, I do exercise six days a week for maybe 20 minutes or so. I do sit-ups, push-ups, light aerobics. I use these cables that simulate Weight training. So I do that every Mm -hmm. day, six days a week. I don't worry about some kind of tracking thing of a job on my wrist. I just do it. I've been doing it that way for many years. I'm still here. So I guess it's 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 paying off. Yeah. I mean, my last medical tests seem to show that I'm still going to live for a while. Excellent. It must be my alien DNA. Hey, you know, whatever advantage you have, Run with it. Exactly. People think because I do a paranormal radio show, I must have alien DNA. Of course, I'd be curious to see how many of these Apple Watches Apple has sold. We hear all these third-party estimates that maybe they've sold more in a couple of months than the rest of the industry in an entire year. And I'll go for that. But I just wonder why Apple isn't saying anything. Maybe they will, during the next quarterly conference call, with financial analysts, which is coming later in July, so we can always hope they will. They'll actually say That's something. That's the
19: appropriate time for Apple to talk about the Apple Watch numbers. I think they will talk about Apple Watch numbers during the earnings report conference call because all Apple Watch sales have fallen in the quarter. The or Apple Watch sales started in the quarter they're going to be discussing.
0: But remember, Apple doesn't have to say anything because it's in a miscellaneous category. It's not going to be separated unless they volunteer that number. I also wonder why, during the last conference call, when we had a very small window of Apple Watch sales, nobody asked.
19: You know, that's a really good question. I'm wondering if Apple is intentionally not offering up numbers like that, not because they aren't good, but because apple wants to direct or control the message as much as possible that's no surprise they've always wanted to do that but uh, by by taking out that number exactly how many units have been sold they're uh, they're they're taking more control over what the message will be so somehow this is controlling the message sure because they're giving us just the information they want us to have and the and the big number should be or at least I think from Apple's perspective should be what's the revenue what's what's the profit not did we sell x number of iPhones did we sell x number of Macs now of course right now we are still getting iPhone and Mac and uh sales numbers but uh but the the, the numbers or excuse me the the units numbers but we're not getting as much of that information as we used to. So I'm wondering if Apple has been slowly recrafting the message that they give out during the earnings report and not giving us Apple Watch numbers means that they never have to take it away because we ne- we've we never
0: had it to begin with. Apple Watch. Of course, now there's a published report claiming that the next Apple Watch will look very much like this one, but sport a better battery because somehow Apple's trying to save space in other areas. It's not as if battery technology is getting necessarily better. I do not subscribe to the theory that there'll be a FaceTime camera. For many reasons, FaceTime doesn't make a lot of sense. We have the better Jeff Gambit of the Mac Observer with us, and I'm going to leave Apple Watch for now until, or if I get one. Maybe we'll do updates on the Walmart Watch (laughs) (laughs) periodically what I got for $12.88 plus tax. This is the Tech Night Out Live.
8: Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are
0: GCN.
2: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career or your business. It happens a lot and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800 771 Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771, 800 800
20: Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story.
15: It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward claiming they, too, exposed themselves.
16: with the help of GCN. It's true, they're all guilty, every last one of them. GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed and just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month.
8: Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at gcnlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. GCN.
14: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to The Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: Yes, comparing a $12.88 watch to an Apple watch, that's ridiculous. Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer is here. Let's talk about Apple Music. Now, Apple Music on Tuesday had kind of a Staggered rollout because at what nine o'clock Pacific in the mm-hmm. morning there was an update for iOS 8.4 yes. that had a new music app with a new icon, colorful icon, not as harsh looking, softer looking icon with the new feature. Mm-hmm. Okay, Beats One Radio comes in at 10 o'clock
3: mm-hmm. by two
0: or three that afternoon. We got iTunes 12.2, mm-hmm. which allows you to use Apple Music on a Mac or a PC this fall. We're going to see Apple TV support and Android support. And I'm going to like to see how that works out, you know? I think it's going to work
19: out well. And the reason I think it's going to work out well is because even though I'm seeing a lot of people complain about Apple Music already and we're only a few days in but believe uh, me the complaints will continue and get worse. Yeah, it's it's just it's the way it goes. Now, for most people they're going to sign up for Apple Music, they're going to love it and that's that and they'll be fine. There's tech pundits and people that are in our technology echo chamber that will complain about everything, no matter what it is, and they they simply won't be happy. And then there's people that are fans of other services, and anything that's different from what they like is just garbage, and so they'll complain about it. So of course there will be lots of complaints. But overall, Apple Music seems to be working out pretty well. The I, I've played with several of the of the streaming stations uh some that that apple includes and some that i have created myself from itunes radio before the whole transition into apple music happened my streaming stations are so much better than they were last week I, like noticeably better and then beats 1 radio it's it's pretty cool i what i'm liking is that the the era when the DJ was like our personal guide through the music world that, I mean, that that's been lost for a really long time, but Apple is bringing that back in a way with beats one. And I think that's really cool. Now for a lot of people, that's just not what they like. They don't want to hear a DJ talking over music. They, they aren't interested in behind the scenes info and trivia they just want to hear songs and, and for those people, fine, then don't listen to beats one. But I think for a lot of people, this is going to be a really cool and, and exciting new thing for them. And for some of us, it'll be a throwback to an era when, when radio was king. And I say that knowing full well that the, the golden days of, of radio DJs were already fading when I was, when I was a kid, which, wow, that's been a long time. Um, but anyhow, so with the popularity that I think Apple's going to get through uh, the, the coming months, by the time they release the Android app, then they're just going to be able to pick up even more momentum and move even faster with, with Apple Music growth. I think what's going to drive that growth right now is the fact that it's inside Apple's ecosystem. So it's, it's good, but there's a built-in user base. And I think Apple is totally going to take
0: advantage of that, and good for them. They make it super easy to sign up for the free trial. You start music. If you haven't already signed up, you'll be taken to a very quick explanatory window. You choose the kind of membership you want, $9.99 for a single person, fourteen ninety nine for up to six people. You sign up. They already have your credit card on file, 800 million iTunes accounts, credit cards on file. So, you don't have to do very much. And I think a lot of people people will just try it, especially after all the publicity about Taylor Swift and Apple not wanting to pay the royalties for the 90 day free trial period. And now they are. Some people are suggesting that after 90 days are over, Apple becomes the number one streaming service on the planet.
19: It's possible. I mean, if you look at the number of. Credit cards Apple has on file. Sure, that's a lot of people for streaming music service. Now, whether or not all of the people that are signing up now stay signed up, that's a totally different story. So we'll have to wait three months and see what's happening. And keep in mind, the number of people that are signing up hasn't stayed static. So we had all the people that signed up on day one. And there's more people that are continuing to sign up. So that, so that number is growing. And I think a lot of people have forgotten that there are people that will continue to sign up. And it wasn't just day one, and now we have a static number.
0: Well, critics don't seem to really get that. This is an ongoing process. You will get the search the first day. and Remember, Apple's iCloud servers were flaky that first day. There will be a search. Then things will settle down. And then maybe with the next iPhone release where people will join again because the release of iOS 9 and everything and people will be (laughs) checking things out. Also, what kind of publicity they have. If Apple persuades more artists to have exclusives on Apple Music, you'll see it. Right now, you can't get the Beatles on there yet. They haven't made the arrangement with the Beatles yet. They have ACDC.
19: They've never done streaming music, as far as I know. I'm pretty sure... Apple Music is the first place ACDC has shown up like this. They're, they're not
0: big fans of the digital music market. Well, I found out because I never listened to her music before that I'm not a fan of Taylor Swift. But now you know. Yes, because all I hear is the same voice completely surrounded by echo. Her voice is deep into echo. It has this very distinctive sound effect, which is not a voice, it's a sound effect. Now, she may be just an absolutely marvelous singer and songwriter, but all the songs I heard sounded exactly the same. It was like one song sung with different rhythms, a little bit change in the rhythms. That's pop music these days, very loud, no subtleties, and she fits the mold. As I said, she appears Mm -hmm. to be a smart business person. Possibly she's a lot more talented than we know because she's not really singing other kinds of music. and I give you that example of Lady Gaga. Now, Lady Gaga has got a great voice. She will get away from the pop stuff and sing very traditional pop music with people like Tony Bennett, and she's great. Yes. She actually has a great singing voice, and she looks great doing it. And we see someone there who can sing head and shoulders above most of these so-called pop divas. I don't know about Taylor Swift.
19: Uh, you know, I wouldn't even know a Taylor Swift song if I heard it. So you would have to tell me. That's what I'm listening to.
0: At least the Beatles, I knew. Yes.
19: Yeah, and there, there's a lot of bands out there that I'll recognize, but uh, but I, I wouldn't recognize any of Taylor Swift's work. But but I do agree that I think she's a very savvy business person, and uh, and I and I think that. She felt that she was genuinely helping other artists with her open letter to Apple, although it certainly helped her too. Uh, but I, I, I've i seen some people saying that they think that Taylor Swift did all of this just as a publicity stunt and a way to manipulate Apple.
0: And my Jedi instincts are telling me that's not the case. Let me just say, that's something. That we mentioned on last week's show, we had Josh centers from tidbits and he was suggesting maybe not so seriously that it was some kind of conspiracy. It was a put up job. I don't know. I do know that when you're talking about entertainment, there's a lot of marketing going on. They're trying to sell a product and it could not have come at a better time. The week before the launch of Apple music, suddenly everybody's focusing on Apple music. You couldn't pay for that publicity.
19: No, you can't pay for that publicity, but it also works out really, really well for Taylor Swift and the message she wanted to get out. If you're really smart, you drop that sort of message when it's going to do the most for you. And I think that's exactly what she did. I, uh, I don't think there's any conspiracy here. I, I think it was a smart businesswoman who or business person that knew exactly what they were doing. And, uh, and so they dropped their, their little bomb at the right time so that it benefits other artists as much as possible and got them a little something out of it, too.
0: She doesn't have to worry where the next paycheck is, but a lot of artists do. And many artists will have one hit recording in their entire recording career. They get it one time. But if that time happens during the time when many people are using the free trial of Apple Music, they're missing out on money. That's not going to happen again. Music is not something that just persists year after year, except if you're an established artist. It's very cyclical. It may come at one time only in your entire life, never to repeat itself. And if that happens at the wrong time, such as the launch of this new service, they're losing out. I don't know on how much money, what, two-tenths of a cent per track. But when you multiply that by millions of plays... It can add up a bit. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate
8: America, we're the place for independent thinkers.
0: GCN. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code.
7: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: We're focusing on Apple Music today with Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer. Fast question, Jeff. Did you encounter any problems at all? No, I did
19: not. It was a stunningly smooth and simple process when uh, doing the update to iOS 8.4 and then activating my three month trial for Apple Music and then jumping in and listening to content. The only thing that seemed or or that had me confused was when I first started playing Beats Music, and it was before the official launch time, there's music playing. And I thought, oh, Beats Music isn't actually live. So what they did was they went and started pulling music from my own library, and they're just playing that, you know, so it's just like an iTunes playback thing until the station starts. No, it turns out they really were playing music. It's just, uh, by coincidence, a song that I had in my music library. So now people know that, that uh, I have Brian Eno's uh, Music for Airports in my music library. It wasn't until later on when I realized, wait, there's people talking. And I could hear the engineers as they were doing the last minute stuff ahead of the of, of the official start that I knew I was listening to a live stream. Okay, so that's not even a problem with the service. It's just a funny coincidence that I thought music from my library was playing before the station really started. But it's been fine for me. I haven't had any of the problems that other people are experiencing with uh, with iCloud Music Library messing up their libraries, but I didn't turn that on. And, uh, and So you avoided the problem? Yes, I avoided the problem. And, and it wasn't by design. It was just that I I wanted to play with components in Apple Music individually. So I hadn't gotten to the point yet where I was going to start messing around with iCloud Music Library. So I'm just going to leave that alone for now. And they can fix it. And then I'll go back and play
0: with that part. Are you aware of the kind of problems people are reporting? What have you heard? What I've heard is
19: that a lot of people are seeing all of the metadata from their music library, meaning the album art, the artists, the, uh, the album name, times, dates, all of that kind of stuff that's just attached to each individual song so that everything gets grouped properly. That's getting scrambled and mixed up with other songs in their libraries. So you'll see album art. But the songs that are in the album aren't the ones that the album art is for. You go to play a song, and the song you think is going to play is not what you end up hearing. So people are having problems like that. They're also having problems where music in their iTunes library is getting duplicated. I've heard people saying that they'll see the same song two or three times in their library. And I heard someone, and I haven't been able to, to find this person to verify it myself, but I heard someone said that they had a single track duplicated 16 million times in their iTunes library, and now they can't launch iTunes. So, so take that one with a grain of salt, because I haven't been able to verify it, but the others where there's a few songs duplicated, yeah, that's really happening.
0: I have one instance, and I don't know what we could call this, but I have one instance of scrambling, which has nothing to do with Apple Music. It does have a lot to do with... Something that must have happened that one day, which is, I bought the album, That's Why God Made the Radio, which was kind of like a Beach Boys reunion, and everything where Brian Wilson and Mike Love are playing in the band again. Uh Uh-huh. And I found that every track was duplicated. Okay? Interesting. Okay. I didn't buy it twice. I bought it once. I was charged for it once, but I got... Two copies of everything. Now, when I look at iTunes, it does say, purchased and duplicate. I can always hope that it will know that I have one copy, and therefore I don't need another copy. But I've been reluctant (laughs) to touch it.
19: Okay, so here's my advice. Take the duplicates, drag them out of iTunes, put them in a different folder... So you have copies, then you can delete the duplicates out of iTunes. And if you end up losing the music at some point, you have that backup in a a folder. But I don't think you're going to lose the music. I've seen duplicates come up in the past like that, and I get rid of one set and I'm fine. Well, the thing is also, you can
0: download it again.
19: And you can download it again.
0: Right. Apple's not stealing it from you. The other issue, of course, is the integration between iTunes Match and Apple Music, that can be a little troublesome.
19: That's confusing for a lot of people right now. Yeah, the, the whole iTunes match into, into Apple, or excuse me, iCloud Music Library is confusing a lot of people because they're having a really hard time telling the difference between the two. And, uh, and the bottom line, really, is that if you're using iTunes Match, What it's doing is it's taking music that you have ripped from your own CDs and uploading it to Apple servers. And then then music that you've purchased, it's referencing that also.
0: And the one thing it does do, if it matches your music with something in Apple's music library, it gives you that version. Even if it's a better version at 256K. Most of the time. I say most of the time because I look right now, I'm looking at Apple Music and I have iTunes Match. And pretty much most of it is is good. But occasionally I run into a track. It does not match. Unaccountably, it will not match that track. And I've never been able to figure out why. One of the most famous examples, by the way, is she came in through the bathroom window from the Beatles' Abbey Road album. That's always been that way. It never matches. That's really kind of screwy. Yeah, that is. is screwy. Yeah.
19: All right. Now, the big difference when you move over to iCloud Music Library for the average user is that all the music that's getting uploaded, regardless of the source, meaning you could have purchased it from iTunes, or you could have ripped it from your own CDs, people are finding that all the content is now getting wrapped with uh, digital rights management, copy protection. So even your own songs that you rip from your own CDs that aren't part of iTunes uh, music store are getting DRM applied to them. Now, I haven't been able to test this myself, but this is what, what a lot of people are saying and, uh, and, and people that know what they're talking
0: about. So, now, I, I understand certain issues when you're renting music. But if this is music you own, you bought it, either from iTunes or somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and you want to play it on other devices, Apple can't stop you. On the other hand, maybe that's only the version in this one copy of iTunes that is connected to the Apple Music system. Maybe if you're on another Mac that's not using Apple Music, there wouldn't be a problem. I don't know. Has that been checked?
19: Uh, I believe a couple people have taken songs to other computers and found that they're getting copyright protection warnings and can't play, this, play the tracks. And I have a theory or a hypothesis as to why this is happening. And I think that Apple was pushed into doing this by the record labels as a way to help minimize... The, uh, the potential loss of revenue to the same song being played in multiple places, but only getting royalties from one point.
0: Right. But what happens if you already own
19: that music? Well, that's the crappy part because now it's wrapped in DRM and, or copy protection. And if you aren't paying for an Apple Music subscription, you're locked out of that music unless you have a backup.
0: Well, I think then that's grounds for class action lawsuit because Apple doesn't have a right to do that. They have a right to protect the content on Apple Music because that's part of their contract. They do not have the right to protect the music I already own. Right. And my guess is that when Apple agreed to
19: to this term – and keep in mind, I don't know that this is what happened. This is all my hypothesis – my guess is that Apple agreed to the terms, knowing full well that there'd be a class action lawsuit before too long, and that ultimately the courts would say, yeah, you can't have copyright protection like that. Apple gets what they want, which is to have all all of this music from these labels that they wouldn't have otherwise had, and then in the end, they don't have to put the copyright protection on it. That That's my guess.
0: Guess this. We have Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer. We're talking about Apple Music the good, the bad, and the ugly, some of the curious aspects of it that need to be explained. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. (laughs) Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners, 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24 7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich?
11: Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life.
21: Ouch. My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the Nuca approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a Nuca approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's dr o r DrOrtman.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right.
6: Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the US Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need To protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237.
7: We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at techniteowl.com. That's news at techniteowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
0: Jeff Gamet of the Mac Observer on Apple Music, we talked about it in the first segment, too, with Kirk McElhern. Now we have Jeff Gamet. Isn't it interesting here that we have Apple Music coming to Android? Now, does that mean that yes. Apple ought to maybe then offer iTunes for Android in the same way they offered iTunes for Windows?
19: Well, there's no reason why they couldn't. If they are embracing Android for their streaming music service, then maybe they will change their position and offer up their their other music-related services as well. Because that draws uh, attention to Apple's platform. Right. Yeah. Now, offering the streaming music and uh, and internet radio services to Android, regardless of Apple's other plans, makes sense. Because this is a market where they want to be dominant. And if you want to be dominant, you need to be on a lot of platforms. So having mac ios and windows is really good but people like listening to music on the go so that means they really need to support android as well so i I think it's a really smart move that apple is doing this even though it was really weird to hear apple executives on stage talking about android support for an apple product this is not something we've heard before
0: well back in 2003 we never heard apple say okay now available for windows that's true. And, and then they did it. And now that I think about it, this isn't the
19: only Android platform thing that Apple is working on. They have, as part of iOS 9, I believe, when that comes out, there's going to be a tool available so that you can migrate all of your content from an Android phone to an iPhone. So Apple is actively writing for
0: Android now. Well... Obviously, it's designed to convert and extend the platform. Oh, absolutely. So all in all, looking at iTunes 12.2, Apple Music, all this stuff, do you think Apple got it pretty much right? I'm forgetting the bugs. I think they'll be fixed. Okay.
19: So so if we discount the, the big bugs, I think as a music service, Apple went into this really well. And the the big... Thing is that Apple approached this from a human standpoint, and that's the big difference compared to other streaming music services I have tried. Uh, listening to what to what Apple is doing because they have people curating these playlists, it just feels better. It feels human. It doesn't feel sterile. A lot of times when I listen to other services like 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 uh, Pandora, that's the one that I've listened to for a long time it just it was okay but that, that was all i could say about it 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 was okay it it worked it was fine but when i'm listening to streaming content through through apple music i feel more like what i'm listening to is a playlist that someone put together for me after sitting down with me over drinks and they're like oh you like this band you like this band Oh, you might like this band too and you like this kind of music maybe this too and they're putting everything together in a way that just works so much
0: better for me. I've been really impressed with the music curation. Now, this is very interesting here. According to a New York Times review of Apple Music, it is not true that other music services don't have some level of human curation.
19: Yeah, that's true. But uh, they're not getting it the way Apple is. I'm really impressed with the differences between the way Apple is handling this compared to their competitors.
0: You can hear the difference. Apple Music, okay. Give it a try. You can also turn off auto renew if you are sure, one hundred percent, or on the fence about renewing it for nine ninety nine, because for free for ninety days, what do you lose? Right.
19: Yeah, it's it's totally worth trying out. My guess is that Apple wanted the three month trial because. That's plenty of time for someone to get into a routine where listening to Apple Music becomes habit, and they're not going to switch after
0: three months. And the the other thing to bear in mind also is that it Mm -hmm. gives Apple 90 days to fix problems. So people will remember how it works in September, but maybe a glitch in July will be forgotten. Sure.
19: Yeah, that's definitely a possibility as well. And I I think that comfort of having it all the time for three months is going to be a big player in all of this. You, You can listen to a streaming music service for a week or a month and still not be completely set in that service. But when you stretch it out to three months, then it just becomes part of your routine.
0: All right. Well, it's a smart way of marketing, and I kind of think it's going to succeed to some degree. Let's move on here very quickly. First trailer out there for the new Steve Jobs movie with German actor Michael Fassbender, known as Magneto in the new X Men series. You know, mm-hmm. he's the younger version of Ian McKellen. He plays Steve Jobs. Is that the right character? Somebody who can be unpredictable and very evil? Well,
19: if Magneto was playing Steve Jobs, I, I
0: would say that was poor casting. Well, but you Ma- think of the, the reality distortion field. So, okay, with Magneto, go. he distorts magnetic forces. Mm-hmm. With Steve Jobs, he distorts your mind.
19: Okay, so in that sense, sure. Let's totally cast Magneto. And uh, you know what? I would pay to see that movie. I would absolutely pay to see that movie. Magneto you would? I Jobs. don't think I would. Well, okay, think of it like when uh, when you drive past an accident on the side of the road and everyone slows down to look. They just can't help themselves. We call it rubbernecking in the industry. That's what this would be like. For, I would totally rubberneck Magneto as Steve Jobs. Now, Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs... Uh, I've seen so many people saying this is a really bad idea. And every person that I have seen saying this is saying it because they don't think Michael Fassbender looks exactly like Steve jobs. And what I'm saying is I don't care what he looks like. If he can make me believe in a character he's playing. And in this case, it's the character of Steve jobs, then I'm totally fine with it. And based on seeing the trailer, I believed in his Steve Jobs. So I'm totally fine with Michael Fassbender playing Steve Jobs. And, and I'm actually really looking forward to seeing the movie and seeing more of how he is portraying the character of Steve Jobs. And this is coming from someone that couldn't get through the Walter Isaacson book that this movie is based on. I got about a third of the way into it, and I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. And I just, I just put it down. It couldn't keep my interest. But I want to see this movie.
0: Well, also, a lot of what an actor does is the feeling, if not the look. Like, yeah. let me I give you an example here. Could you imagine Sir Anthony Hopkins playing Richard Nixon? But he did in one movie. Let's get into that in a moment. More to come. By the way, we have Tech Plus for you at plus.technightowl.com, plu Out.com. The main feature is the ad-free version of this radio show, Higher quality audio for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. Plus.TechNightOwl.com More with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer on the other side.
8: Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are
12: GCN. More and more people are discovering the incredible benefits of alkalizing the body. And there's no better product for it than AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops. Packed with a powerful combination of the most alkaline minerals and compounds, just a few drops in water will rid your body of harmful waste and give you more vibrance and vigor than you've had in years. Now buy two bottles and get $10 off your order. Call 800-518-7615 or visit ALKavision.com. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com.
8: Genesis. Genesis. Genesis is defined as an origin, creation, or the beginning. Genesis Communications Network began with the mission of providing you with the kind of compelling content you're listening to now. And at GCNlive.com, you'll find a free archive of our nation's history, narrated by GCN hosts. Explore, share, and pass down to future generations. GCN is the future of talk radio, but we should always strive to learn from our past. Together, we are GCNlive.com. GCN.
12: If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically and Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. Don't
4: complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1 888 379 MyTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1 888 379 MyTV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy that includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV. Disable the cable cut costs and get more. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV
13: at 30dayfoodsupply.com two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security when you call 800-700-2184 we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information like how much food you have stored or where you keep it we'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer your email address will never be shared or sold we'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase we'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company our meals are naturally high in fiber carbs and protein and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and Mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184
14: what are you listening to the tech night isle live with gene steinberg what's going to happen next you never know
0: we're talking with jeff gamut of the mac observer wondering if michael fassbender who also plays, as we all know, the character of Magneto in the new X-Men, the second-generation X-Men movie, whether he is a credible Steve Jobs. And I see a photo of him here in the opening scene of the official trailer. And I see Michael Fassbender. I don't see Steve Jobs, but does he capture the character? And if he does, he does well. Did you ever see Sir Anthony Hopkins as Richard Nixon? Yes, and he was
19: wonderful. Yeah, I thought he was an excellent Richard Nixon. And no, he doesn't... He really like ate Richard that Nixon. role.
0: <laughs> With a nice Chianti. Yes, indeed. What do you think about the Danish actor? I think he's from Denmark. Mons Mikkelsen playing Hannibal.
19: You know, I've only seen a couple episodes of Hannibal because I gave up on, on network television several years ago. Uh, but the the episodes that I saw... I thought he was a really good Hannibal. I really liked his Hannibal. So I'm, now that I know that the series is coming to an end, that, that
0: tells me I'll be able to, to watch the whole thing on Netflix before too long. Remember, he was the villain in Casino Royale, in the modern oh, right. version of Casino Royale with Daniel Craig as 007.
3: Mm-hmm. And his
0: brother, by the way, plays the Russian leader in House of Cards. Remember, to have a Russian leader that, okay. that the Kevin Spacey character is in touch with and is fighting back and forth with in House of Cards. He's a somewhat older actor. He's the brother of the guy who plays Hannibal. Huh. Interesting. I didn't realize. Um, I didn't either because they don't look like they resemble each other at all. Well,
19: I mean, there's so many people in so many shows, just trying to keep on top of of who's doing what. That in and of itself is is quite a chore. But yes, if they don't look like their brothers, then yeah, why are you going to make that connection? You know, the casting in Steve Jobs, just based on what I've seen so far from the trailer, I think it's uh, it's going to be pretty cool, and. I think that while there's a lot of people that are going to go in with a closed mind about who has been cast in several of the roles, that they're still going to be doing a really good job. And I hope that people open up their minds to the possibility that someone that doesn't look exactly like they expect can do a really good job playing a role.
0: Oh, the actor in House of Cards is Lars Mickelson. Lars, okay. Lars Mickelson, you look at the picture. And you don't see really... Well, you see kind of a resemblance around the mouth. But otherwise, you don't see this brotherly resemblance. So I don't know what to say about it. It may be a matter that I think this the brother is older. He's one and a half years older than Mads. But you never know with these things anymore. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> the entire TV movie world has been turned upside down because you have Academy Award-winning movie stars who are only too happy to go into a short-term series on TV do something for 6 months or 3 months and then go back to another movie
19: it didn't used to be that way i mean there there was a serious segregation between television acting and and movie acting and if you and if you went to television you're you're making a big step backwards but anymore especially with the original series that that HBO and Showtime and Netflix are doing there, there are big-name, big-screen actors that, that jump at the opportunity to do a television series. And I, and I can't blame them. There's some really good stuff out there.
0: Well, you have, for example, the TV show Extant. Okay. With Howie mm-hmm. Barry. All right. Now, why is she doing that? It happens to be, you know, mixed quality.
19: Yeah, okay, well, you go. She, she may be trying to recover still a little bit from, from Catwoman. You never know. Did you she, see that? And you, which, you don't which, have which connection.
0: one was it? Uh, she did. She did the Catwoman movie a few years ago. Also, now remember House of Cards. The young lady, a reporter, that Kevin Spacey killed by throwing her into the train tracks. Kate Mara. Oh right, yes. She is now Sue Storm in the new Fantastic Four movie. Oh.
19: Same girl.
0: Cool. Okay, that's very cool. From TV or streaming video to movies, yeah that that line
19: delineating the screens has really blurred a lot, and I think that's cool because that means we're getting much better quality content on television than we used to, and that there there's a credibility in being a a serious television actor now, and. I think that means we ultimately end up with a bigger pool of very talented people. And so then you get people that can cross over between television and movies and, and you get people that can do a really good job in a role without looking like the character that, that they're playing, or at least not looking exactly like them. And going back to Michael Fassbender, put a black mock turtleneck on him. I know he's supposed to be the Steve Jobs character because now you've given me the visual cue and, 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 that means that whatever he says is not suddenly out of context, and then he can just bring the character to life for me. And that that's what I was seeing in the trailer. He was bringing that character to life, and I liked it.
0: I really will look at the trailer. I promise you I will look at the trailer, then I'll come back next time we get together on the show, and I will give you my reaction. Just remind me, okay? Awesome. Oh, right. uh, I'll make a note. Write it down now. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think right now this is a great time to explore not just TV on network fare, but cable and premium and streaming because now we have this intermingling of TV and movie actors. And it's all about great roles, great performers. And the quality of acting on TV is so much better now. And you can tell this if you play a show from the 80s and 90s and you watch it, or even the 60s and 70s when it was worse, and you look at one of the current shows and you say, my God, it's so much better.
19: Oh, yeah. Well, the, the budgets that they have for shows has changed dramatically. Uh, individual television shows today have what uh, several years ago was considered a full movie budget. And that, that's just for a single episode. So with more money, of course, you can do a lot more and i think the way that that we write for the screen has changed a lot over the years and it's 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 a it's an art that has been refined and so yeah now we have the ability to do so much more and it's really
0: showing special effects are much better i'll give you an example the flash mm-hmm. the flash on the cw which of course was a breakout hit had like twice as many viewers as any other CW TV show other than Arrow, which is from the same producer. Mm-hmm. And the special effects are good. And the same guy who did Arrow and Flash is doing Supergirl for CBS. And they leaked the pilot to the Torrent Networks. They claim it's not official, but it is.
3: I and I downloaded download the yet.
0: pilot mm-hmm. for Supergirl, the flying scenes are well done. And as a matter of fact, I thought they were... Better done than the Superman movie of the '80s and the '70s with Christopher Reeve, maybe not as much as Man of Steel, but really well done TV yeah th- it's absolutely fantastic. Well,
19: look at Battlestar Galactica from sci-fi. The special effects were were top notch. I mean you were not going to see better special effects in a movie and uh, and and not every episode, but many episodes of, of the current version of Doctor Who, you're, you're seeing theatrical quality special effects being done.
0: I mean, and some and, of it is cheesy, deliberately cheesy, oh, because absolutely. that's the tradition of Doctor Who.
19: But some of the effects that, the, that they're doing, I mean, you, you see this stuff. Okay, the really, really good effects in Doctor Who... You don't realize our effects because they're that good, and uh, and and I think that's awesome. I love that we're getting television shows that are that have such high production qualities that, except for the fact that they're shorter time-wise, they could be full
0: movies. We have Jeff Gammett of the Mac Observer. One full segment left on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs>
8: We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN.
18: It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big-name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out $1,500, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line you're defenseless. Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it, and that means your home stays safe. 24-7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to SimplySafeDefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's SimplySafeDefense.com.
10: Quantitative easing. Unemployment at depression levels. Europe financial system falling apart. China getting out of U.S. treasuries. At the end of 2008, the time of TARP, the national debt was at $11 trillion, gold trading around $850 per ounce. Close to 2012, the national debt exceeded $16.4 trillion, gold doubled to $1,600 per ounce. The $20 trillion threshold for the national debt is inevitable. Politicians in Washington have a ferocious appetite for spending and stimulus. What's worse, a At 30dayfoodsupply.com, two of our
13: top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184.
14: What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene
0: Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Jeff Gambit. We move to TV and special effects, and a lot of those special effects are being done on Macs, by the way. Oh, by the way, if you catch Supergirl, the performer's name is melissa benoist she came from glee so she sings and acts, and she's got this rubbery face where she could look like you know the the nerdy character who's the equivalent of clark kent Kara danvers you know the girl before she becomes supergirl she's wearing the glasses she can put on this rubbery face and just look very very goofy and vulnerable and then two seconds later she's supergirl and that takes acting. This girl actually acts very well. Everybody in that series does. That's great. When you're doing a show like that, you really need to
19: own the characters, whether it's like really serious or you're going really camp. Like oh, like the 1960s Batman series. That they, they owned those characters, but they but they were totally camp and it worked because they they were willing to really invest in what they're set themselves in what they were doing, and it's the same thing with something like Supergirl. You it, they're doing this as like a serious show, and you really have to own what you're doing, or or people are not going to buy it. And
0: you'll see the scene look at the scene, it's in the trailer where she tells her office friend, the office IT person, that she is the girl who saved the plane that was going to crash.
21: And I she remember says, that. I'm
0: that girl, yeah. watch the trailer, and she's so natural about it. Where she literally walks backwards off the building to prove she has superpowers. And is just it's just a flawless scene. And then two seconds later, she flies up in the air and she lands. And she stands up and she proudly looks at the sky and he's saying, Oh my God, you're her. Yeah, and she totally owned the scene when she did that. Which she is awesome. does. Yeah. She just does it like very natural. And you can see someone who's actually trying to learn something. And they have, you know, some of it is a little bit of chick flick stuff, okay? The relationship between her and her foster sister is chick flick. And they've got lots of nerdy things there, like, for example, the foster parents of Supergirl are played by Dean Kane and Helen Slater. Of course, Helen Slater, of course, was Supergirl in the movie. And and Dean Dean Kane was Superman, and they play the Danvers here.
3: Mm hmm.
19: And and Dean Cain played a villain in Smallville, which was Superman as a teenager.
0: Exactly. So,
19: yeah. But I, I think it's awesome that they have Superman and Supergirl, or the people that played those characters. Now, remember, if you watch The Flash, who plays Barry Allen's father? It's, uh, I forgot the actor's name, but it's the guy that played
0: the Flash in the, was it the 1980s series? The series, 1990s series, John Wesley Shipp, who did a lot of soap operas after that, and the theme song for the original Flash, download it. You will know who wrote that theme song as soon as you hear it. It was Danny Elfman.
19: Of course. Uh, uh, I believe it's this season on Flash. Mark Hamill is going to be on, and he's going to be he's already been on.
0: Star. Oh, it was already on? Yes, okay. he did. Because now, you know, got busy doing the Star Wars thing. But Mark Hamill was on there. Yeah, he played the trickster in the original Flash, and he played the trickster
19: in the new Flash. I think that's really cool. They're doing stuff like that. It's fun.
0: I think people enjoy it, too, because sometimes, you know, you see these characters who play villains, and they have fun with it. And they don't care. You also have the other surprise thing about actors is how many of these actors are really not even Americans playing American characters.
21: And yeah, I, I realize this, for
0: example, because... One of the villains in Supergirl is his name is Owen Yeoman. And you might remember him playing a police officer in the medalist? He's Welsh, oh, interesting. okay. Of course, we know that the star of the medallist is an Aussie.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
19: yeah, it's, the the fact that people can cross over like that with with accents and and uh, picking up mannerisms from other cultures. And I think that's awesome. It's, it's those little things that make
0: the characters believable. Fascinating. All right. In any case, I don't know why we're talking about TV, but I guess we think of all the options and what Apple could do to fix that space with an Apple TV. But they didn't introduce one at the WWDC. I assume there's going to be an Apple TV September, October, thereabouts. That's, is that what you think?
19: I, I'm with you. I'm thinking we're going to get new Apple TV this fall, and it it will have new features that make it more useful than the current model is as a home entertainment hub, and I I think part of that's going to include the ability to add new apps outside of the ones that Apple just pushes out for individual channels. It's, It's not going to be like you're going to be running Excel on your Apple TV, but... I I could see where we could have very specialized apps for information uh, collection and display and potentially hooks for video games as well. I I think Apple TV could be a a pretty cool little gaming platform.
0: Remember, if it's using an A8 or A9 chip with metal support, it will be a great gaming platform. It's going to blow consoles away if they get the right games.
19: Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine being able to start a game on your iPad or iPhone and then have it transition seamlessly to the big screen of your television through, through Apple TV. And you, you can just play the same game on any of
0: your screens, and it just gets better the bigger it gets. And I think that you can put a lock on this. I predicted, you know, when Apple went free with OS 10 upgrades, so I'm always right. No, I'm not always right. The next Apple TV will have 4K support. There's no reason why it won't, because the chips they'll be using have 4K support. The TV makers are pushing heavy duty on 4K. Apple offers 4K and 5K support on Macs. Apple TV has to have 4K support.
19: I think you're right. I I could see Apple doing two versions, the higher cost version with 4K support and some other features, and then the, the economy model that doesn't do 4K, but still gives people an easy way to get Apple TV into their home.
0: That'd be the $59 or $69 version, a successor to the current $69 Apple TV.
19: Yes, and Apple's given us a hint to that. If you go and look at their Apple TV webpage, it says starting at $69. So I I think that's our base model, and then we'll get like Apple TV Pro or Apple TV Extended or whatever, and that'll be the $100 model. I still think it'll be a hundred dollars too. Yeah, I, I I think so. That's a psychological price point. Stay, keep it at ninety nine bucks, and people are more likely to buy it than if it's a hundred and twenty.
0: And the thing is, it will blow the others away with technology, with features, and have an interface to die for. Because oh, that's I what we're waiting for. That. You know, you read. You must have read the part of the book, or maybe you didn't, from Walter Isaacson, where Steve Jobs said. Not using those words, you would have the interface to die for.
19: Yeah, I I didn't read that part, but I'm very familiar with it because everyone talks about it. So, yeah, I know about that. And I'm hoping for that. Give give me a killer interface for my television. We don't have it yet. Not on any platform.
0: In fact, a lot of the interfaces on TVs should be killed. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff you do.
19: Oh, sure. You can find me over at MacObserver.com. I'm writing there with a bunch of of really talented writers. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut there. And you can find me at Fresh Fruit Tales. I write about the ridiculous things that people do when they're in coffee shops.
0: Oh, I want to read about that stuff. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Please take a look at our special subscription service, the premium service called Tech Night Plus. We offer the ad free version of the show, 41 minutes of network ads removed, better quality audio for a modest monthly, annual, or five year subscription rate. plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Some have asked if we offer the same service, Tech Night Live and the Paracast, It has to be separate, okay? Separate payments, separate services. Speaking of the PowerCast, our show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, this week we're going to feature Ray Hernandez, who is an official with an organization called Free. And it's an organization that focuses on research into what they call extraterrestrial encounters. One of the founders was the astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell. You'll find out more fascinating episode at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me on. It's always a blast.
10: The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted
5: presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.